Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Hello and welcome to Let Me Talk Details. This is a respite from the weekly whirlwind of top flight football. It's a space to break down the big picture topics and get into the details away from the game-by-game analysis. I'm David Mooney. As ever, the Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee is alongside me. Hello. As is the former City and England midfielder Izzy Christensen. Sam, what is on today's show? Yeah, so we really tap into Izzy's experience of everything. Playing abroad, learning the language coaching let me talk details is a platform for you to get involved we'd love to hear from you so email hello at lmtpod.com if you've got any questions or thoughts about city or football in general Michael says, something I'd like to get Izzy's take on is how much of an impact the language barrier has on and off the pitch. How can coaches get their messages or instructions across when they don't know the language? How often are translators involved in these sorts of things? Is learning English part of some teams' academies or even contracts when they bring somebody in from overseas? Plenty in that, isn't there? Um, It's a great question. It really is. Um, to, To put it in brief terms, I honestly think the best coaches are the ones who can deliver their message in the shortest amount of words possible. Because when you're on the training pitch, and it's interesting because I'm actually coaching at the moment Mm. um, to an under-21 side, and the amount of detail and information I've got in my head that I'm seeing happen on the pitch that I want to portray to the players, you have to almost hold yourself back to be able to deliver it in in really a, a concise way. I mean, before we even get to the language, there's only so much they can take in, I guess. That's exactly it. And then when you actually think about a language barrier, sometimes it's actually a better thing that you're coaching foreign players or a foreign managers coaching English players or, or, or whatever, because it, me- it means that you are forced into minimising the quantity of words used. Um, and again, that was something I learned when I moved to Lyon mm. in, the, in, my, in my first sort of six months of training sessions there. Um, I was picking up on really basic words and I started to understand the French words for, you know, move the ball quick or even during the warm-up, like hamstring raise or whatever. It was just little bits you'd pick up on. Um, And when the coach explained something on the training pitch, the the French players would come and give me that in a really simplified version, basically just like the coach has just said, he wants you to move the ball quicker. 
So then it's it's literally concise, it's short, and then you just try and implement that in the next phase of play. Um, I think we, we do hear stories in, in the Premier League, Darwin Nunez at, at Liverpool, and there was a little bit of speculation last season, wasn't there, about was he struggling to understand and grasp the concepts of what Klopp wanted? Feet. Exactly. <laughs> How feet work. Exactly. Well, yes, and that. Um, but it, he, it's... He, he's unbe- Sorry, he's unbelievable, but it's so bad. I can't work it out. It's, uh, it's so mean, good and so bad, I can't work it out. He, he is. Language as, is the last, least of his issues. Uh, yeah, that is a fair point. And, and as a pundit now... Yeah, how do you... It is, he is the most difficult player to analyse. Yeah, I can imagine. Because you literally do not know what you're going to get from him. Mm. And he gets into the right positions and it just seems like he is so raw. It just doesn't seem like he's focused, but not in a bad way. You know, you... you highlight some players' performance. I don't think you can not be focused in the Premier League. I think you have to be focused. But the way he... The, the chances he misses, he, he misses open goals on a regular basis. That isn't normal. <laughs> like, that is not normal, is mm, it? No. Like, we've seen Haaland miss a couple. Mm. Like, there was one last weekend against... Was it Luton or the game before? Recent. There was, one there was recently, a recent like, miss. Spurs. Against Spurs. It was against Spurs, Absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's an anomaly, really, based on what Haaland does in terms of finishing. But Nunez, he, he seems to do one quite regularly. Mm. But, then um, score. but then he'll do things that Haaland can't do. And this is it's very weird. Like, if he, could, if he could sort out that finishing, this is going to be massively unpopular with City fans, <laughs> but he'd be better than Haaland overall. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't... But this is a complete tangent now, but... in terms say, of, say, what if we take a minute no, we'll to get away to from the we'll languages? Go we'll, yeah. go to, we'll go back to it. But it's really interesting in terms of like analysing players and like having to talk about them on TV or even in written form because it's like whenever I used to have to write about Gabriel Jesus, I always wanted to write an article that you could read whether he's just scored a hat-trick or just missed an open goal because I remember I did TV recently and it was the weekend after Eddie Nketiah scored a hat-trick. Was that against Sheffield United? It was, yeah. And we were asked, you know, is, is this going to be the guy to carry Arsenal's attack? And I was like, don't ask this now. Like, he's just scored a hat-trick. But like... So when was that? Five weeks ago, that game, let's yep. say? Nobody's talked about him since because you'll go through these periods where he doesn't look good enough, but then he'll do something really good. And like basically, Gabriel Jesus is a really good player, but for City, you could just tell after his really bright opening, it was never getting anywhere. And then when he scored, was it, did he score four or five against Watford? Watford yeah. The day after it came out that he was like interested in going to Arsenal, that was like the best thing that could ever happen to him because suddenly everyone was like, oh, we've got to keep this guy. He's great, but he's not scoring four or five all the time, is he? And that you've got to pitch where a player is. And it's like, if the norm is for them not to score in, let's say, eight games, and then they'll get two, and then maybe one the next game, or let's say they get three or even four, you can't get carried away with the good moments. But you also can't get carried away with the, the poor moments because you know he wasn't a great finisher. But Gabriel Jesus is great, but you've just got to know where to pitch talking about players. But when you've got like 30 seconds to talk about it on TV, I don't want to, especially like, as like, because yeah. I'm doing, I was doing it for Premier League. So, it's a big show. It goes out around the world. But I don't feel that same kind of pressure of, I don't know if you do, but doing it for Sky. You're probably if not, I was doing it on Sky Sports you're, News, you're probably not going to bump into somebody in the street who. I'd be that. more diplomat. Yeah, but also even if I did, it's like well, I I just feel a bit more comfortable being like, well, it is what it is. And it was that kind of show. But if it's Sky and it's all kind of neat, let's say I was doing it for Sky Sports News, I would be more diplomatic about it. I have said about Jesus actually when he went to Arsenal, I was like, he's not a goal scorer, but he's a really good player. Like he will score goals, but he's not going to get the amount that you would ideally want. But I do feel like you'd need to be more diplomatic. And when you talk about Darwin Nunes, it's like, you can't talk about him as a great player because he isn't. 
You can't talk about as a bad player because he isn't. But then you might be doing a game when he's just scored an over a kick from 30 yards and he's like running off the left and put one in the top corner. But you know that next week it, you might miss a sitter and it's like, how do you pitch that? I find that fascinating balance. And also basically because of this pressure that, I don't know if you feel it, but when it's an audience like that with Sky, I suppose especially at the minute for you, is he? You don't want the backlash of people going, actually, he is brilliant. Look what he's just done. It's like, well, you can't, you can't see past this 90 minutes has yeah. just happened. But it's funny because it's like I, I break it down a lot and when you have to analyse a section of a game or a goal or an assist or a fantastic bit of play, you have to analyse it in a, in a really concise way where you have to deliver your point and you've got somebody, a producer, or in your ear, in, in your earpiece saying, quick, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up while, while you're yeah. speaking. And that multitasking concept is very difficult as mm. well as trying to be precise with what you're saying and analyse the game fairly because we have to be neutral and we are neutral. Um, and also the, the thing with punditry is like you say, I personally take the approach, you say what you see and it's not about an agenda that's happened before or agenda that's perhaps going to happen in the future. It's about that game and the Arsenal, um, Newcastle Arsenal game where there was a really controversial goal scored um, where the ball was arguably out of play and then there was arguably a foul on, on Gabrielle at the back post by Joe Linton. There was a lot to get into that. And I was on that game and I was absolutely slammed with stuff online after because I said what I saw, if that makes sense. And there was no sufficient evidence to suggest this, that the ball had gone out of play. Therefore, is, we, the, we can't you know. just say the ball, the ball, the goal should never stand because the ball was out of play. If, if the referee can't see it, if the linesman can't see it, we can't see in the TV studio. So the goal has been given, therefore our job is to analyse the goal. So unfortunately, it's not my fault that Arsenal lost that game. The issue you've got there is that's a goal that's been scored, that whatever happens, somebody's going to be upset. If that gets disallowed, Absolutely. Newcastle fans get upset. If, but, that's, if that's allowed, Arsenal fans are upset. And so wh whichever <laughs> side you, 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 you fall down yeah. on, you're upset in the other side. It's like it's a, it's a physical impossibility. It's fickle in a, in a in a nice way. It's fickle. Mm. It's like what Sam said about if Nunez scores a hat trick or Jesus scores a hat trick or Nketiah, and then the next game, the next seven games they don't actually score. It's a little bit like the same with punditry. Like you've got to analyze what you see. Mm. Okay, a team is going to be unhappy because they've likely lost the game. So in this case, Newcastle won, Arsenal won, and they're you know they're rivals in 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 essence, aren't they? Because of where they are in the league table. Um, it's a big fixture. So the Arsenal fans hate you online. Newcastle, Newcastle fans absolutely love you. Getting until, all these lovely, the lovely messages from Geordies. <laughs> and then it's like, that, that, that'll be forgotten now. So if I'm then on a Newcastle game and Newcastle lose and I'm analysing the fact that they've lost against another team, it's like, it's just a series of events where you just literally can't take each game, literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When it comes to, let's bring it back around to mm. languages and, and training, because uh, you spoke about being at Leon and, and having the language issues there. Um, how, kind of, how, how quickly do you, are you able to kind of get into the swing of things at a new club when you're a foreign player? It's tough. You have to, you have to really immerse yourself quickly. Um, you, have to, it, you have to really show an intent and a willingness to slot in because there's the football side of things, but also there's the kind of team dynamic side of things as well. And as soon as you fit within a team, you'll start to fit in on the pitch as well. It becomes easier to play. Yeah. And you kind of gain people's respect. And it's funny because people 
I've done this before and I've spoke about this on podcast before. I judge a new signing whenever they've come to my club. I've I've judged them silently, not not verb, not, yeah. not publicly. <laughs> I've judged them silently in my own head of their performance in a rondo. So I'm like, okay, new new signings come in. Let's have a look. You you, you already prejudge everyone because that's how football works. You go, oh yeah, they're a decent player. Yeah, they had a great season there for that team in Sweden or whatever. They come over and that and you've been told by the manager, you know, they're a goal scorer. They're this that and that and. Uh, bring them into a rondo and I'm like, I, I will, this is the way I work, I analyse a player in a rondo. Because in my opinion, a rondo has every facet of a game within it. Angles, passing weight, distances, pressing. Pressure. Pressure. Yeah. You know, there's every part of a game that happens within that box. And I'm like, I'll judge them in that. Did you see the, the United <laughs> one before the Bayern game? I on, didn't see that. What was that? <laughs> a rondo. Only, yeah, it was only 25 seconds. They genuinely didn't get more than... There was probably three cycles in that 25 seconds of like, right, it's gone out of play, start again. The first one, I don't know if it was Regulon, got the ball and I tried to pass it, but it went like high and miles out. And then they reset and there was maybe two passes, then it was lost. Then they reset. It was two passes. It was so bad. So was the was the pressure really good or are we talking about the level? It didn't seem like it was especially yeah. intense. That's crazy. It, yeah. Because when you are in a rondo in the middle of it, a good high level rondo, and imagine in the men's game, it's, you know, it's, absolutely rapid with the way that they can move the ball about it must be like being in a dishwasher you know if you were a plate inside a dishwasher being completely like <laughs> maybe a dishwasher is a bad example the plate might have broke machine. washing machine would washing be a little machine, bit yeah. better dishwashers they stay where they are and the water's spread at them yeah, they washing stay in machine, their shape they're, around around they're very structured <laughs> they're very structured they stay in their yeah. shape Whereas it, you, wouldn't a buy a dishwasher, you wouldn't buy a dishwasher where the, where it kind of had a drum in it that you tumbled it tumbled all your dishes around, would you? Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd end up in John Lewis or buying new crockery, <laughs> wouldn't you? Um, but no, I think that you bring a player in, have a look at them in a rondo, and that's that's ultimately how you judge. And I felt that that's because that's what I would do. That's how I felt when I went to Leon. I was like, I need to be good in a rondo because then you start gaining respect. And it's actually funny, as fickle as that sounds, it's actually true. Because if you start popping it in a rondo and you demonstrate, mm. you know, your skill and your talent, every, right, everyone yeah. starts putting their arm around you on the training pitch and they're like patting you back and they start making up nicknames for you. And, you know, when that sort of feeling starts to evolve that, you know, you're in with the team at that point. Yeah. Do you have any nicknames? Um, like, I, 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 I assume mostly, mostly get called Izzy. We but... were, we, there was myself, Lucy Vons and Alex Greenwood playing for Leon at the same time. So we were just, you know, categorised as the English. <laughs> they probably hated us. The crazy English <laughs> girls, because we were being pulled in one direction with our national team with England to, to get in the gym and lift heavier and work more and run harder. Mm. And the French were on the complete opposite end of the spectrum to that. And they were like, get out of the gym. Don't do any extra running. Don't do any extra training. So we had this like feud between the English girls and the French members of staff that, you know, like they just thought we were nuts. We'd be getting these WhatsApp messages of our England training staff, physical performance coach. Have you met your targets yet? Have you jumped higher? Have you lifted heavier? <laughs> Have you squatted more in the gym? Have you sprinted quicker? We need your GPS data. And then we'd ask for the GPS data and the French, the French staff would be like, you're not having that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. did you, what did you do in the end? Did you keep doing what you had to do for England or did you adjust uh, to what they wanted? You know to what? Do? It got that funny. Well, you sit in the middle. It got that funny that me, Alex and Lucy used to sneak in the gym. So it's actually quite funny. You would never think that the highest performing women's football team operated out of porter cabins. So do you remember at school when uh, maybe they were doing a bit of building work in the school buildings or something? And you, Prefabs. You're chucking, you get chucked into a porter cabin in a cold in, in winter. Yeah. You'd be 
learning about tectonic plates or something, or volcanoes and geography, and you sat in a porter cabin. I've just got back from Iceland. Said, yeah. I've just got back from okay, Iceland. Yeah. I've right, got geogra- geography's fresh in my brain. And, uh, yeah, it, it, you would you would think it's crazy to think that the highest performing women's team operated out of four porter cabins mm. stacked upon each other. So the gym was in one of those porter cabins. It had a pretty dodgy floor. So you're doing med ball slams and you're thinking like at any point this could break. Could just go straight through the this floor. Could, yeah. This could break and then you're in really, really big trouble. Um, shouldn't but, be in here in the first place. Yeah, so yeah we shouldn't be in there. Yeah. And now we're, sla- in there. So we're trying to sl- slam a med ball with enough power <laughs> but then cushing the landing so that no staff could hear upstairs. That's literally how sneaky we were. But that was all in order to, at this point with England, we were trying to break a barrier. Mm. We were trying to catch the USA and we were trying to beat them. Um it's hilarious and then and then we ended up just getting a gym membership in the middle of town French equivalent of a pure gym nice did that ever change with England like has has that changed with different managers coming in was that just yeah things have changed now like look it's it's a much there's no surprise that the England team is successful now under a new manager and they've got a new way of working and it's all very much uh, football football based and clubs clubs dominate that now clubs have got better relationships with with the FA to in order uh, for players to to progress so things have changed a lot we'll be back in a few minutes after an ad break speak to you shortly why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Just on, on language, I remember, it was a long time ago this actually, I just checked, Stone said that the keeper and the defenders at City, they used to communicate in a mixture of English and Spanish, and like him and Walker and um, Delph were learning a bit of Spanish to um, communicate, and they said Otamendi was learning English. 
And that it kind of makes sense. And I, I'm sure I remember there's some kind of like glossary, I think, it's maybe especially in the early days of, of like what terms key they use. terms that they use and maybe in like two different languages or maybe, maybe even more, you know, because now City has started signing Croatians. Obviously, they can speak English fine, but, you know, if it was that kind of level or that kind of thing. But there's a, there's a chapter in the new Marty Perinel book and I haven't got to it yet, but the chapter's called Whoever Doesn't Speak English Doesn't Play. And there's a reference earlier on. You know when, so it's the first season, City played Barca and they lose 4-0. You know, it's going quite well, but then Bravo gets sent off and it all goes wrong. And the Spanish reporters asked Nolito afterwards. Oh, this is, it was like a different world, doesn't it? Getting, beat, getting played off the pitch by Barcelona and Nolito playing. And they said, what, what was Pep like after the game? Like, what did he say? And Nolito was like, I don't know. Because he said everything in English. And in the book, it's like, that didn't go unnoticed. And like, I'm, I'm yet to get to that bit, but obviously you can tell by this chapter coming up that if you don't speak English, you're not playing. Like, that's obviously a big fundamental, even for like, you know, Guardiola and this Spanish culture, that they were like, well, we need to do this in the English way. And obviously Guardiola's changed so much. No, it's not an English, classically English style, the way they play. But there's obviously certain fundamentals. In terms of football, but second balls especially, that's a very English thing that they got to grips with. But just in terms of the harmony in the dressing room, mm. really. And even the way the dressing room's laid out in that kind, you know, that big kind of semicircle, it's so there's no corners. So you can't have a corner of players. Kind of so every, everybody's yeah. included. In, yeah, and yeah. I think have they done it so it's like English speaker, non-English speaker, English speaker, non so or something like that, or like yeah. English but and it just to just to kind of spread it out and make it as kind of open as possible. And apparently, because you'll often see if a city player is long term injured, you might see them down, you know, in Pep's dugout when the players are warming up. But apparently, they're not allowed in the dressing room before the game because Pep only wants people who are focused on that game. There's no kind of my mind's elsewhere or my agenda slightly different or any kind of distraction whatsoever. Yeah. It's just the only players, even if it's in like KDB at the moment. You're not allowed in, but apparently the the one exception to that was company. And I don't know if that's just because the company was so focused on the team and that kind and of thing, times, yeah. and you know the kind of leader that he was as a captain, and obviously now as a manager. But apparently that was that was the one difference. So that's that's interesting. That is really interesting. Do 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 you know or think with with Guardiola the way that so for example when you're watching City on TV and it pans to the dugout mm. and Guardiola's having a conversation, is is that Spanish or English? With who? If it's with Wamar, it'd be if it's with Spanish, Wamar, yeah. it'd be in Spanish for sure. So on well, the Wamar doesn't mean to speak English, so yeah. So transfer that to the trading pitch, and I do think that I've been in teams before where the manager would their native language is the same as some players within that team, hmm. for example, and so they'd fluctuate between two yeah, different yeah, yeah, languages yeah. on the training pitch, and I think that that does actually have detrimental effects to the rest of the team because unless you can speak that language, it's kind of a little bit. Excluding, it's really. it's yeah, excluding. It's quite, um, yeah, it's it's quite demoralising, I, I guess. And I think that when when you're talking about a phase of play in training, like say say you're doing attack versus defence, and then the manager fluctuates between giving individual detail to a, a a foreign language speaker, and then transfers to English, I think that everybody needs to hear every bit of detail because mm. I think that. You as a number eight, for example, needs to know the detail of the fullback. But if you're giving those two bits of information two different languages, I genuinely think it's detrimental to the team. Mm. And it's just interesting that how it's then perceived. If if Guardiola's say coaching majority of the time in English, but then he'll go and have a conversation with his assistant coaches 
in Spanish, but the players are maybe close by and they can hear. It, I, I think as a player, it makes you feel quite insecure because you're like, why can't you have that in English? Hmm. Like, what? Well, you... I, I, it's a good, it's a good point. Actually, I don't know. I, I, I'd imagine just because everything they do seems to make sense, and this seems to make sense to me. There's only a guess. Is if it was individual, they'd do it in like Spanish if it had to be. Yeah. But if it was in front or within earshot of others, yeah. it wouldn't be. Do you remember this is separate? But do you remember before? Mini, the Champions League final when we could go to the open training and they were doing like the seven aside games or yeah, whatever, yeah. maybe even less. Remember Bernardo going mental? Just about like it was just about the game itself, but he was just he was doing it in Portuguese. I think because I, I think he was that. on a team with Diaz as well, maybe. But it like they because obviously this is how competitive it was. They just conceded a goal or something. He was going mad for ages. I don't remember it, that. But just in a kind of competitive yeah. way. But yeah, in Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting, obviously, because like Bernardo is fully capable of doing English, but. It was, when, it was and like, I mean, again, that's that, what that shows more than anything is, you know, the levels of them three days before the Champions League final taking yeah. like, the game and training seriously kind of thing. But When you were at Lyon and you'd learned French and you were speaking French and you were kind of operating in French, when something went wrong in the immediate instance, would it, you swear in English or in French? Swear in French. Merde. As soon as I give the ball away, oh, merde. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay, yeah. 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 So were you thinking in French by that stage? Yeah. yeah. I think in French now it's weird. Wow, day to day. Level. Mm. Yeah. Do you dream in French then sometimes? No, never had a dream in French. <laughs> but it's funny because I would, my, my sister speaks French. So, like, if we're hanging out with each other or whatever, like, we will speak in French to each other. What, it's, in England? In England, yeah. Okay. Or on the phone, if we catch up on the phone or something, we speak in French. Mm. Like, not the whole conversation, but we'll fluctuate. Um, but I, yeah, I think, it, like, you know, when you're around the house doing stuff, I don't know, that's just, hoovering i'm thinking in french it's yeah. weird it's, it's yeah. really Spanish weird is pretty good but i never really got to that level even if i think i was playing i don't know i reckon i'd still instinctively think in english and have to translate or like swear in english yeah. do you know i've well, been doing that for years i'm very good at that <laughs> yeah, um, no, i've edited it enough i hope yeah i, I don't have yeah but i think it, it's interesting as well language wise and like my job because i was um i was given a lift back to manchester after the villa game the other week um one of the group of Spanish lads that used to live, and we had a, such a great group of lads who would just be around the kind of city bubble. So obviously Paul, um, who now works for the Athletic, but they, I'm going to say, made him move back to Barcelona <laughs> just because I'm bitter about it and I wish he was still here. There was another Paul and his now wife, um, Marta. They were great. Jose Alvarez, obviously everyone remembers Jose for that, the kind of the Aguero leagues, basically. Yeah. Um, Oh, there was other other guys as well, Enric. There was um, there were some of the guys who were like agents or whatever. And I was giving one of them a lift back because they were back in England. They went to the Villa game. And he was talking about how they all used to have this little pod. And it's all broken up now. Everyone's gone their own separate ways back to back to Spain normally. And they were like, they'd go to, I think it was, Izzy, you might know, you know, near where, so it, I think it's technically Salford, but it's basically city centre. Mm -hmm. It's where Pep lives, I think. Was there like a little yeah. Brian Smith pod? Yeah, there was. There? Yeah, I'm gutted it's not there anymore. Yeah, okay. So they all used to go there, but like Laporte would be there, Brahim would be there, David Silva would be there. I think they'd even mention like, I know Gundogan's been in as well, but it's like they would just have like that group, like the, some city physios or whatever, all these guys, like whether they were journalists, whether they were agents, whether they were doing whatever. And they just have this group. And I was like, with my Spanish, I should have really like taken advantage of that because that, you know, it's, it's, it's been a benefit in in my job to a certain extent but I was like that was a real like 
because he was looking back and like what the, that golden era they had and i was like yeah i kind of missed out on it altogether <laughs> i suppose the thing is as well like when you live in the city center it's easy you just go and do it mm -hmm. when you're yeah. out in the suburbs it you is, have to make an effort it, yeah it's, it's a more, big effort but it was like in, yeah. I, I should have been on that a bit more and like obviously like but again like that's the spanish wouldn't have been to that level i'm not thinking in it or whatever or dreaming it i'm dreaming it once about 10 years ago <laughs> uh, it was some barbecue what, what or something it was about <laughs> i just remember burgers being involved um that was, it. that was it no it's not but at least i was thinking it i was that's what i made a breakthrough but then yeah it was a long time ago <laughs> um but yeah, i just uh, that that would have been like that's the point you know if you're gonna if you're gonna learn a language yeah. to get an edge in a job which is why i wanted to do it and also because no, i liked i liked the thought of it that was that was that would have been the opportunity go on really being in and around it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In, in a really natural environment mm. yeah, like exactly, where you're not yeah. You're not sat there with the agenda to speak Spanish. You sat there having a coffee, yeah, yeah, yeah. listening to the chat, chipping in. Like that's the best way to to learn. I think people learn differently, but I think that's the best yeah, way. Yeah, you got to be yeah. the best way is just to be embedded immersed in it, into it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. That's it for this episode of Let Me Talk Details. Sam, there was more from this episode for members. Uh, what extra bits can people hear? Yeah, Izzy had a good question for us. It was a spin on the old classic for the Champions League final. Who do you think Guardiola is going to pick? Doku. Remember, this was the free version of Let Me Talk. If you'd like longer ad-free versions, even earlier, all the useful links are in the episode description and over on lmtpod.com. If you want to ask us a question or send us a voice note on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, just search for LMTPod. Or you can send us an email, hello at lmtpod.com. All the useful links are in the episode description and over on lmtpod.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.